We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody and welcome back for week number two the sunday edition of the nfl preseason show i'm gonna be your host today sean psu fans to newsham uh we have a two game slate today it is relatively small so we'll run through each of the four teams go over each positional uh situation and discuss plays for the slate as always make sure you guys are following along in the discord uh news and notes will be dropped in there as the day progresses and so much of the preseason is just sort of uh moving and making decisions based on what comes out news wise so make sure you guys are in there we have games at seven and eight tonight so the discord will have any information after uh the recording of the show which is around 11 a.m eastern all right we're gonna start out with the first game of the night we have the cincinnati bengals versus the new york giants looking at cincinnati and starting off with the quarterback position we see from last week that jake browning drew plitt and brandon allen all played However, Jake Browning absorbed a majority of the role. I think that Browning is definitely the best option of the three here, but it's hard for me to sort of give credit for Browning playing 71% of the snaps, again, with three guys playing. Uh, So I'm expecting all three guys to play, which therefore would mean that I think that they get a little bit more evenly distributed around this group. Uh, I still think Browning's an option. We don't have clear-cut quarterbacks today, so... Definitely still have to consider him, but he's not as good as what I think his snap count showed from week one. Uh, Moving to the running backs. So Joe Mixon will not play here. Samaje Pirine is likely to sit as well. That leaves Chris Evans, Travion Williams, and Jacques Patrick, who they did sign late and during camp. Last week, we saw Evans play 42%. He led the running backs. However, he was very, very ineffective. He had negative three yards rushing on eight carries. 
I think we see him get more of a chance today to actually gain some yards and gain some traction before we head into the season. So I think he's my favorite running back in this game, possibly even on the slate. Uh, Williams, I think, is viable as well. We know he can catch the ball to the backfield a little bit. We know he's active in the run game as well. Uh, Patrick definitely last week got the most carries of the group. However, it was very back-end stuff. I think we could see a little bit more Evans-Williams today, possibly at the detriment of Patrick. However, if Patrick gets that fourth-quarter run where they're just running slams up the middle every play, Patrick is an option as well. So those three running backs, I think, are all in play. Knowing that we likely only have three here to begin with, that's a good start uh, in terms of the position. Uh, moving to the receivers. So as we see here, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd will not play. Uh, Mike Thomas in week one played zero snaps despite being active. If you remove those four and think that they do not play again, which all indications are that will be the case, you're down to seven guys. All seven of these guys played a decent amount outside of Stanley Morgan. Everyone was over 30%. Uh, the best of this group was sort of the lower end. You see the Jack Sorensen, Lasseter, Javon Heli, and Kendrick Pryor all played 40-plus percent of the snaps, or 39 in, in Heli's uh, case. But all of these guys are good, solid GPP dart throws. We're going to talk about uh, other receiving positions or other receiving cores as we go here, and you'll see why I like others slightly more. However, I think it's totally realistic to enter any of these guys into a GPP lineup and expect that you can get 30 to 40% of snaps, probably a couple targets out of them. Moving to the tight end position, the only guy that's of interest to me here is Thaddeus Moss. Uh, Moss had four targets last week, and he is Randy Moss's son. We've seen him produce in the collegiate game as well. He's the only guy that's really a receiving threat out of this group. Uh, but you see, we do have quite a few tight ends that are going to play. I will say Scotty Washington uh, was receiver at Wake Forest, and he is going to get, let's say, 10 to 15% of the snaps here. All of his snaps are likely going to have him running routes because he's not a big guy. He's not going to sit there and be blocking. So if you want a really deep, deep GPP throw on a tight end, Scotty Washington could be your guy. All right, moving over to the New York Giants here. Uh, starting off at the quarterback position, we think Daniel Jones is going to play, similar to week one. Uh, but it could be limited. There's a lot of offensive line issues right now with the Giants. That could be a hesitation spot for them with Daniel Jones. That leaves Tyrod Taylor and Davis Webb. Uh, as you see here, they split snaps evenly in week one after Daniel Jones left. Uh, with that in mind, Webb's not much of an option to me. He lacks the mobility, whereas Taylor does have the mobility, but it's a little bit of a situation where is Tyrod Taylor really going to go out there and run a lot during the preseason? It's probably unlikely. So none of these quarterbacks really stand out to me. Uh, nothing really is interesting there. If you want to throw a few percentage points on them in GPPs, that seems fine. But cash games, there's just going to be other options. And GPP, there are probably better options as well. Moving to the running backs, as you see, we had five guys play in week one, including Saquon Barkley. Uh, you had Barkley, Brightwell, Antonio Williams, and Jay Sean Corbin all get a decent amount of snaps. Uh, Plattsgummer barely played, so I really wouldn't look at Plattsgummer here. Uh, I think he's played one series, like literally right at the end of the game. He did almost score on the series, but I, I just would probably stay away from him. The guy that really stands out here is Jay Sean Corbin. Uh, Corbin's a really good pass catching back. He actually had six targets, I believe, in week one of the preseason, which is a pretty fantastic output for running backs. Now, that said... I think we're going to see five running backs again today as of now. 
And that is not a very thin backfield comparatively to some of these other spots where we are going to have three. So I think GPP-wise, they are options, but nothing really is great there. A similar situation when you go to the receiving core. So we know Kadarius Tony won't play. We know Sterling Shepard is not going to play. Uh, and Darius Slayton. We saw a big distribution between the receivers in week one in terms of snap counts. I will say watching the play-by-play -play in week one, Colin Johnson seemed like there was five of him. He was basically targeted on every play and seemed to be producing massively. I think he had eight targets in week one. So he's definitely my favorite receiving option here for the Giants. Uh, but if you look at like Richie James, you look at Keelan Doss, you look at Marcus Kemp, these guys all played 30% of the snaps. They're going to all be relatively under-owned, especially that of like Marcus Kemp and Richie James. I think they'll go a bit under-owned. Um, people were heavily on Wandale in week one. I don't think they will be as much here. And if he plays the similar 15% of snaps as he did in week one, it likely is not a great spot to attack. Uh, moving to the tight ends, I don't think there's anything here. None of these guys are great pass catchers that are going to be playing. Uh, Bellinger played 50% of the snaps in week one. However, he only had one target. So tight end wise, we actually do have tight ends tonight that I think are decent plays uh, compared to what we have other slates. So I'm not really looking at Bellinger. I'm going to go elsewhere at the tight end position. All right, last game of the night, we got the Ravens against the Arizona Cardinals. So starting off with the Baltimore Ravens, something for you guys to know, Baltimore has not lost a preseason game since 2015. They come out and they want to play. They want to win these games. So I typically will give a bit of benefit to the Ravens uh, in that situation. So looking at quarterbacks, they released Brett Hundley this week. In my opinion, that is a really good sign for Anthony Brown because Tyler Huntley, they know he's going to be the backup. Like Tyler Huntley will be the backup. Anthony Brown is not very good, uh, but he's very mobile. So Anthony Brown has a chance to produce if he gets an extended run here, which I think is a possibility. Uh, if they keep it split down the middle, I think Huntley's a great play as well. I will probably have some of each of them in GPPs. Uh, looking at the running backs, as you guys see, this running back situation is very deep. Uh, we do think that there's a possibility here that they might give some more back-end run to guys like Mason and Beatty again. But you see here, we have Mike Davis, Justice Hill, McCrary, Beatty, and Ben Mason. We're looking at five running backs in this situation. It's very deep. It was very spread out in week one. It'll probably be pretty spread out again in week two. I think you're limited to these guys on GPP only, uh, but there are guys here that can produce. Uh, we think that there's a possibility that they give really a lot of back-end run to a guy like Ben Mason. If they give a lot of run to Ben Mason, maybe that could be someone that's a GPP dart that really pays off for you. All right, looking at the receivers, I do like the receiving situation. As you start looking here at the top, we have Bateman, Crochet, Duvernay, Tylen Wallace, all banged up, probably will not play. Demarcus Robinson is a big question mark. They just signed him this week, but we do know Demarcus Robinson has talent to produce in the NFL, not even just the preseason. So that's someone that could be productive. Uh, Bailey Gaither did return this week in practice. Slade Bolden did not play in week one, but there is a possibility he plays. But looking through this depth chart, you see Makai Polk played 64% of snaps in week one, um, and he was targeted frequently in that game. Shermar Bridges played 42%. He was able to come down with a touchdown. Benjamin Victor at 33%. He's a very tall receiver. He's about 6'5", 6'6". Uh, so Benjamin Victor could definitely be a red zone threat as well. So there's some receivers here that are solid. I think you could definitely play some of these guys and consider them as solid plays in the game as well. Tight end position. This is where I want to talk about tight ends that I really like. 
Uh, in week one, we saw Josh Oliver play 52% of snaps and Isaiah likely play 37%. They had six catches between the two of them. In this offense, we know they use the tight end. There is only going to be possibly three tight ends that will play in this game. And those two are very, very solid pass catching options at tight end. So I think those two are the two best tight end plays on the slate, which uh, might cause me to have to give up my preseason credentials, which we'll talk about here in the next game. But really love Likely, really like Josh Oliver. Uh, these two guys are going to be active. They're both very strong plays, which for a tight end, we don't get to say that often during the preseason. All right, moving over to the Arizona Cardinals, starting off at quarterback. We get a situation where Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy are not expected to play. That leads to Trace McSorley and Jarek Marantano. So we saw last week Trace McSorley was very solid in his game. He has mobility to go out there and get some rushing yards. He likely is going to play possibly into the third quarter, if not more, because they don't really – we're not expecting Jarek Warantano to have much of an impact on this team. So Trace McSorley is the guy they want to get snaps in this game. Um, that said on Warantano, he is very bad. Uh, he is a guy that you want your defense to be targeting in situations. So definitely consider that when looking at defense. But I think for me, McSorley is my favorite quarterback in the slate. He has the mobility and possibly the longest runway and largest range that could be positive out of all the quarterbacks. Uh, that said, none of the quarterbacks today are super slam dunks where we think they could play a whole game. We're probably looking at two to three quarterbacks on a couple of these guys. Um, and a lot of guys are going to play a half. Moving to the running backs. We do not expect uh, James Conner to play. Darrell Williams did not play in week one. That probably will remain the same here. Uh, and looking at the running backs, I would not really touch TJ Pledger. Uh, with only 7% of snaps in week one, it's pretty clear they don't see much in him in terms of making the team or really wanting to see anything out of him. We saw a solid percentage between Eno Benjamin, Keontae Ingram, and Jonathan Ward. And I don't see why there would be much difference here this week. Uh, my favorite running back situation is the Bengals, but I definitely think that, you know, Benjamin Ingram and Ward are solid options in GPP. Uh, we saw Ward had two touchdowns, I believe, in week one of the preseason, which if you're getting two touchdowns out of a player, that is pretty fantastic in a preseason game. Moving to the quarterbacks, uh, we see the top five guys are out. We also see Baselia is doubtful with a knee injury. That does not leave very many options here at receiver. And what we see is Andy Isabella with a monstrous 83% of snaps in week one. Uh, he had seven targets on those 83 snaps. Very productive. Greg Dorch had 56% of snaps. He also had seven uh, targets as well. For In terms of receiver, these are probably my two favorite receivers of the slate. They're both just very solid options that should play a significant amount of the time. We also saw with Aitman that he played a significant amount before it tailed off a bit with Bolden, Kirkland, and Peyton. Uh, this is the thinnest receiving crew that we see. Uh, I think that Andy Isabella and Greg Dorch are going to get uh, extended run again here in week two and are probably the two best receivers by a decent margin. But they're going to also be owned like that. So if you are looking for maybe a little bit reduction of ownership, Marcel Aitman might be your guy. Looking at the tight end situation, so this is a spot where it's very interesting to me so Trey McBride, for those unfamiliar, is a rookie out of Colorado State. He caught 90 passes last year in his last year at Colorado State. That is a significant amount for any tight end in college football. And this is a guy that is very active in the pass game. He did not play in week one, but is expected to make his debut here in week two. So if he plays, which all indications are that he is likely to do so, McBride is a fantastic GPP tournament option at tight end. So I definitely think 
uh, considering McBride to some extent is a good option. Looking at the defenses quickly, uh, I definitely think that we have two spots, both in this game, that are a bit more weak. Uh, Guarantano is a very weak option. Anthony Brown is a very weak option at quarterback. Also, looking at the first game, the Bengals quarterback play as a whole is just not very strong overall. The Giants, if they're going to play Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones, that to me is definitely the best quarterbacks of the slate. Uh, I think that that defense, and because of that with the Bengals defense, is the worst defensive option. But having all the defenses involved to some extent is important. So a quick rundown of the positions. Uh, I definitely think that McSorley is my favorite quarterback as of now for this slate. I think Anthony Brown is a solid GPP option. I think there are other GPP options as well. Uh, looking at the backfields, I think the Bengals backfield has the clearest path to touches out of the group. So I definitely like the Bengals backfield more than the rest of them. We don't really have any clear cut situations where people are going to get volume. So you definitely have to take that into consideration when looking at the running backs for the slate. Uh, receivers, again, we saw a lot of guys with 40% of, uh, of snaps in week one that are in these teams. You have a lot of good options. I definitely think the best two on the slate are Isabella and Dorch. However, their quarterback play is not the best, and they're going to be owned like they are the best players on the slate. So just something to keep in mind. Uh, tight ends for the first time in a long time, we have good tight ends on the slate. I think Isaiah Likely, Oliver are great options. I think Trey McBride is a great GPP play uh, if he runs out there as well. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for us here today. Good luck on this slate. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow for another quick showdown run through on the Monday night game. Good luck to everyone. We will see you guys later.